gonna be. This is Pioneering Today with Upper Skagit's own Melissa K. Norris, inspiring your faith and your pioneer roots here in the beautiful North Cascade Mountains on KSVU 90.1 Community Radio. K. Norris and Pioneering Today. And on today's episode coming up, we're going to be talking about canning. Canning 101. So one of the things that the the pioneers did um, is they preserved all of their own food to get them through the winter, basically. And so one of the, the major ways that they did that was through canning. And so probably a lot of people remember, you know, their grandma canning, you know, or even their mom. Um, but canning is um, sometimes can be kind of a lost art. Not as many people can today as they used to. Um, partly out of, uh, they don't have it, it's not as much as necessity anymore. And, you know, we have the ease and the access of the grocery stores. But home canning really can be a really easy way to cut down your food budget and it's a lot more healthier because the stuff that you're canning um, generally is from your garden. Um, we grow a large vegetable garden, and so I try to can as much as I can from the vegetable garden. So when I'm canning it, the vegetables that I've picked are at their peak um, uh, for nutritional value and flavor and texture and all that. And so even though canning, um, you know, people some people would rather freeze rather than can as far as nutritional content, you're still um, getting... You know, you're still saving a lot of nutritional value when you're canning it yourself, home canning. Um, And so there's lots of ways to preserve your harvest. And, you know, one of them is freezing. There's dehydrating and there's pickling and there's uh, root cellar techniques, uh, cold storage. And then there's canning. And so I wanted to talk about canning today because it's one of the things um, that we do a lot of. And, And the reason that I prefer canning for some things over freezing is because if the power goes out, then my canned food is just fine. I don't have to worry about it. It's on the shelf and we're good to go. If the power goes out and it stays out for a long time, unless you have a generator, then you're potentially to lose all the stuff that you've frozen. And then we um, raise our own natural grass-fed beef. And so when we butcher, I've got anywhere from a quarter or a half of beef that I have to put in my deep freezer. So I don't always have um, freezer space. It's kind of at a premium <laughs> in the fall at our house. So I don't have as much space to freeze as much as that I, that I can can. So I prefer to can a lot of our stuff. And so canning, um, there's two, two ways to can. And there's two types to can, and, and I do both of those. And one is water bath canning. And so all water bath canning means is you're processing your canned food, so your food that's been put into the jar, and boiling water for a specified amount of time. So you just have a big old stock pot up on your stove, or you can buy a water bath canner, and they have um, they have the, oh goodness, they have the jar. The water bath canner has inside of it, um, you need to make sure that whenever you're water bath canning that your jars aren't sitting directly on the bottom of the pot. So you want to make sure they have uh, um, the cage, the basket that lifts out, or sometimes um, you can just get like a a little shelf that they go sit down inside the pot. 
because if they sit directly on the bottom of the pan on the heat source, because they are glass jars, then they can sometimes bust. So you want to make sure that they're up off and that water can circulate all the way around them. And you want to make sure that you have at least one to two inches of water covering the top of the jars so that the jars are fully submerged, that the top aren't, aren't popping out there. Um, and so water bath canning is great for acidic foods. So any acidic food can be safely canned via the water bath method. So this is all of your jellies, your jams, your preserves, uh, marmalades, any fruit, all your fruit, acidic fruits, uh, fruit spreads, fruit sauces, um, your pickles, relishes, and chutneys. And then, and generally tomatoes. Tomatoes can also be water bath canned, but the thing about tomatoes now is that you have to add an acid to the jar with the tomatoes if you're going to water bath can them. And the reason for that is because newer strains of tomatoes don't have the acid levels and you don't know what acid level the tomato is unless you can check the pH level at home, which most people don't. I don't have a way to check the pH level at home. And so I wouldn't risk it. So when you want to can tomatoes and you want to do the water bath method, all you have to do is add, um, depending if you're doing pints or quarts, is you just add uh, lemon juice or vinegar, 5% vinegar, to the bottom of the jar. And it doesn't affect the, the taste or the flavor, but it just ensures that you have enough acid so that you're safe to do the water bath canning method. Um, and then, so the other way to can is to use a pressure cooker. And a lot of people um, seem to be a little bit leery of pressure cookers. Because uh, they make noise and they're under pressure, but the newer ones are really safe. Um, we've used my mom's used a pressure canner, um, you know, for oh goodness, I don't know, thirty five years or more, and I've used one ever since I started canning, which was on my own, I should say, um, fourteen years ago. So pressure cookers are really safe. You don't have to worry about them. You just have to take a couple precautions. Um, they're all built in with safety valves now. So you don't have to worry about it, but they do make noise. Um, that's where you hear the, the hiss and the jiggler that goes on top. Um, you'll hear that. And I, it, maybe it bothers some people, but when I hear it, then I know it's summertime because that's the, that's the rhythm of summer at our house is the, the hiss and, and jiggle of the pressure canner going off. That's how I know it's, it's summer. Uh, so your pressure cooker, how it works is your canning heat, um, it, your canned food under steam pressure. And the reason we want the steam pressure is it allows for a much higher temperature and faster cooking times. So it doesn't matter if you just process your water bath canned foods longer. They cannot reach the internal temperature no matter how long you can them that a pressure cooker can or can. So that's why all your low acidic foods need to be canned with a pressure cooker. So your low acidic foods are vegetables, meat, poultry, seafood, um, and I know, you know, a lot of people say, well, the old timers, they canned all their meat and stuff, water bath, and they never had a problem without using a pressure canner. Um, but I would just, I wouldn't risk it. I mean, you, you do growing and preserving your own food is rewarding, but it is, it's work. It, it's worth the work. Um, and I enjoy it, but I want to know that it's done safely and correctly. So if it's not acidic, I would only use the pressure canner to do it. Um, the shelf life of canned food is most of it's good for one year. Um, your meats and your non-acidic food that you did in the pressure canner 
can some have a shelf life of up to five years. Um, ours has never lasted that long. I try to put up enough for one year and then, you know, replace it the following season. And I always make sure that I rotate my cans out, you know, keep, keep your shelf stock in your pantry rotated. So, you know, when you get new stuff or you do a new batch of canned stuff, you know, pull the older stuff to the front of the shelf so that you grab it first and put the older stuff at the back. And then I always write on the top of the lids what year it was that I did it. So then I can keep track that way and know which year that we, um, that I canned it. So I can keep it, keep an eye on it that way. And then you always, um, check when you, even if the top of your jar sealed when you canned it, because you would never, of course, put anything up on the pantry shelf that didn't seal. Whenever you go to pull it off to eat it, always check. So in the, in the center of the seal of the lid on your canning jar, you want to press down with the tip of your finger. And if it pops or it moves back and forth, then your seal is broke and the food isn't any good and you should throw it out. So it all should, always should be firm. There should not be any movement like popping up and down at all. Um, and then, you know, when you open the jar, even if it is still sealed, um, I've never had any, but if you, if you look at it and it looks kind of funny or it smells odd or has an odor, then don't eat it either. And when you cook, um, you know, your beans and your low acid foods, your vegetables and stuff, when you can them, um, you do. So whenever you cook your beans or anything that you have pressure canned with a low acid food, you always want to make sure that when you open it, that you check it, if the seal was spared, if there's no odor, um, the color isn't off, um, it's not leaking through the seal or anything like that. And then you want to make sure that you boil it for 10 minutes before you eat it. And the reason for that is because botulism is a bacteria, um, it's a toxin actually, that can be odorless um, and isn't visual, so you can't see it, um, but it can make you really sick, um, and in some cases it can actually cause death, so I don't tell you this to scare you, um, but so that you follow safe practices, so when you're eating anything that's been home canned, that is non-acidic, so you just want to make sure that you boil it for 10 minutes, um, just let it simmer to boil, and then, you know, turn it down and let it cool, and eat it, so that way if there was any kind of, um, Botulism microorganisms that were growing, um, if you boil them for 10 minutes, then you fill them up. So it's just an extra safeguard in there when eating your home canned food. So I just wanted to just put that out there to make sure um, you don't follow the food practices. Um, so I've got a couple of time-saving tips. I really like the pressure cooker um, because it does save you a lot of time. It shortens your processing time, and it allows you to cold pack. So what cold pack is, is you don't have to pre-cook or heat up the vegetables. So when I do my green beans, I we pick them, string them. We get like a little assembly line set up at the house. So the kids help me pick them, and then we string them, and, we, and I rinse them off. And then we snap them, and we snap them directly into the jars. So I have enough jars set up to do a run. Um, which is uh, seven jars, seven pints is what my pressure cooker holds if I'm doing pints, which I usually do the green beans and pints. So we line up the seven jars and we just keep snapping them and putting them right in the jars until they're full of the beans. And then uh, you go and you, you put them on the counter and then you um, you cold pack them. But what, what you cold pack is the vegetables are cold pack, but then you boil your water in the kettle on the stove and then you pour the hot water the boiling water directly over the cold vegetables and then wipe your rim down 
put the lid on and then put the band down, screw them down, and then you put them into the hot water in your pressure cooker and then you start to pressure cook them, pressure can them. So that way I don't have to have a boiling thing of vegetables and then trying to strain the hot vegetables into the jars. Um, so I prefer the pressure cooker much more um, over it. And I also use it to do my applesauce and my apple pie filling. Um, you can use a water bath canner to do those because they're an acidic food. But like I said, the raw packing will save you a lot of time. And you don't have to worry about the vegetables and the fruits not being cooked because it cooks fully while it's being canned when you use the pressure canning method. And if you're just getting into canning, or you don't have the supplies yet, if you're if you're looking to purchase them, I like I would purchase the pressure cooker because you can also hot water bath can it by simply taking out the seal and not putting the pressure gauge on top so that it can't build up the steam and then you can just um, use it as a hot water bath canner. Um, but I will recommend there's different sizes of pressure cookers. Get one that you can can both the pints and the quarts in. So you just get one that'll fit pints. Chances are once you start canning, you'll kind of get into it. And then you'll want to do certain foods in quarts. And if your pressure cooker is too small to do quarts, if you just opted for the smaller model, then you'll have to get a separate one to do quarts. So it's going to be more money and then double the storage space. So if you're getting one, just make sure that you get one that you can do both quart size and pint sizes in. Um, so when you're canning, um, to begin with, you just wash your jars and your lids and your bands and hot soapy water and rinse them really good when you're using the pressure cooker. Um, you can keep your jars heated and hot water in the pressure cooker, but I just keep mine in the hot wash water until I'm ready to fill them. And then I just rinse them out and they're still, you know, they're totally warm. Um, and then the lids that go on, you don't boil your lids. Keep them in a small saucepan with the water on medium-low medium heat on the top of the stove. Um, if you're water bath canning for less than 10 minutes processing time, then you do need to sterilize your jars by boiling them for 10 minutes beforehand. But you don't have to do that if you're pressure cooking, canning. The size of your family, and it'll depend on what you're, you're canning to de determine how much you want to be able to use at a time or how much you're going to need at a time. So obviously larger families that use more at a time, they usually can in quarts. Um, so it just, you know, just kind of depends. Like my jams and jellies, because it's a, something that you're spreading on, I don't ever do in quarts because we would never go through, you know, enough fast enough. So I do those in pints and then you just, once it's open, then you store it in the fridge. Um... So when you're, when you're canning, you want to, you fill your jars with a prepared recipe. So if you're doing, you know, jam or jelly or, or soups or sauces, you can can all that kind of stuff. Then you fill your jar, um, up with it cause it's already cooked and hot. If it's raw packing your fruits or vegetables, then you just put your water or syrup over it and you'll leave a quarter inch headspace. So that means from the very top of the jar to then the top of whatever you're putting in the jar is. So a quarter inch headspace for fruit juices, pickles, jams, and jellies. Then you want to do a half inch for fruits and tomatoes and one inch for vegetables, meats, poultry, seafood, and combination recipes. So that would be your soups and sauces and that kind of stuff. Um, remove your air bubbles by sliding a spatula between the side of the jar and your food. You just run it around the outside of the jar and then tap the top of the food to get any air bubbles out. 
And I have to tell you, sometimes I forget this step. <laughs> I just get going and I don't know why, but I forget it. So if you do, uh, don't worry about it. If you forgot that step and you already sealed them up and put them in the can or don't pull them back out to do that. Um, I haven't had a problem on any of the jars that I did happen to forget. And then um, after you remember to use your spatula to get the air bubbles out, you want right, to wipe the rim and threads of the jar with a damp, clean cloth. Then you put your, take your lids out of the warm water from the saucepan on the stove, and you put your lids on the jar, and then you screw band down until resistance is met, but don't over-tighten them. And then you just place your jars in the canner and be sure the rack is inside, and this keeps your jars, what we talked about earlier, from sitting directly on the heat source. Um, and then if you're doing your water bath, make sure that the water is at least one to two inches over. And if you're using your pressure cooker, um, in the manual that comes with your pressure cooker, it tells you how much water to put inside of the pressure cooker. Um, mine calls for a quart and a half, and sometimes I'll throw a little bit extra in there. Uh, more is better. You don't ever want it to go dry or not have enough water to build up enough steam pressure to actually pressure can. Um, so then with a pressure cooker and with a water bath, um, you start the timing of the recipe. So a lot of them for water bath canning will be 10 minutes. You don't start that 10 minute time until the water is at a full boil. Or if you're using your pressure cooker, you don't do it until the control starts to jiggle and hiss. So if you're using the pressure cooker, you have to first lock your lid into place, but you don't put the pressure control on yet. You allow the steam to come through the vent for 10 minutes, and this allows the pressure to build up. And then it has three different pounds of pressure, 5 pounds, 10 pounds, and 15 pounds. And you select the correct pounds of pressure, and then you put your controller in place. And once it begins to jiggle and hiss, um, which is at least three to four times per minute, then that's when you start your timer. And so... It'll vary on the um, pounds of pressure for, it depends on what kind of food you're doing, uh, fruits, vegetables, and the combination stuff. But all your pressure cookers, when you purchase them, will come with a manual that will tell you how to do that. And then I also have, um, on MelissaKNorris.com, I have an applesauce tutorial, and apple butter tutorial. So if you're just getting started um, and you want to actually, you know, watch and look with pictures, then I, I walk you through all the steps on how to do it with pictures. So if some of this you weren't quite sure on, you can go to melissacanoris.com and you can look at the pictures and tutorials on how to do that. I also have recipes. Um, we're coming up here in the Skagit Valley on strawberry season. And so I do strawberry jam and I do strawberry rhubarb jam. Um, I love strawberries. And so I have my recipe for strawberry rhubarb jam on and how to make that using the water bath method uh, on my website too. So you can go and grab that recipe. And the wonderful thing about home canning is, is it's, you can make so much stuff. So, you know, like chicken broth. So say you baked a whole chicken for dinner and then, you know, you've ate off the chicken, you know, for however many days, made a whole bunch of, you know, yummy home cooked meals from it. And then you have the carcass. You can make and can your own homemade chicken broth. And so you in the when you do it at home, you put your chicken carcass in a big pot and cover it with water and then add in whatever kind of herbs, onions, chopped up garlic, and then you cook all of it down. And so your broth isn't just chicken broth, but it has a wonderful flavor. 
And then you strain it all out. And then you have this broth that has all these flavors in it using your fresh herbs from, you know, your windowsill garden. We talked about gardening. And so then you can use the broth directly for whatever recipe you're making next, or you can just can it up. So canning isn't something that you can just do, you know, you'll do a lot of it at harvest time if you have your own garden, but it's also something that you can just do throughout the year as you're doing things or say, you know, you made a big, big old huge pot of chili and you guys just aren't going to be able to eat it, you know, quite enough or you guys are tired of it, but you don't want to toss it out because it's still good. So you can just put it in your jars and process it in a pressure cooker canner because it's non-acidic and it's a combination. And then you have, you know, homemade canned soup ready to go that's healthy and you know exactly what's in it and it's also really cost effective so canning is something that I I really am passionate about and I hope that you get started Um, and if you have any questions um, you can go to my website you can email me my Facebook page I love to help people out and so I would love to hear from you and your adventures thank you so much for joining us today